you put out your first solo album, uh, Lo-Fi. Yeah. For the people out there. Yeah. It's just in my hand. Uh-huh. Uh, how did the cover come about? Uh, was, uh, I don't the, want to say is that, there, a, is that a, like a duck? Uh, there was a duck called uh, Abdul. Duck? He's an Indian runner duck. Yeah. Uh, was, was he? Was, uh, is, is he an Olympian? Uh, yeah, I think I think he was. But he, he, yeah. Mojo was about to go on tour, and we had this duck living on the farm. So we went over to the next door neighbor's here. <laughs> Mate, would you look after that duck? We'll just be away for two weeks. And it was about two years later, and it's still driving past your man go fuck I wonder if he's still got that duck just never got round <laughs> and then it just time went by and it was just too long so it got weird you know so it got too long to go back and ask back for the duck back because yeah. maybe maybe the duck had you know got friends with his chickens or, or maybe the duck might have died do you think the duck it, went away do you think the duck could partner it up you think anything can happen in this aye, world you know I, I know. think anything you can think aye. of I think and I duck Dusko and I duck Dusko in the pond there putting <laughs> your lights on hey wank wank and do a little Dusko hey come on Mikey get the one over there wank 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 Take one, totally professional like it. So welcome to our fifth Small But Massive podcast. This week we're joined by Mike Marmika and Amy Montgomery. Amy will be joining us later on, Mike, for a wee mm-hmm. banter. And uh, so myself and yourself, our friendship goes back a long way. I actually calculated the the uh, the days. The digits, on the, way the hours, the, digits, the minutes, the, hours. Do you want to know? the seconds. I'm feeling them Do in my heart now, the seconds. <laughs> 5,000. 600, no, 5,969 days ago, first went up to the playing field to play the first, third, second Glasgowberry. Unreal. Class. And it's great to see you again. You haven't <laughs> changed one bit, not one iota. Happy days. Uh, so let's go back a wee bit, right, Mike? And then we'll, we'll shoot forward. Uh, you were born in Derby. Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah. And uh, then you moved with your family to uh, the mighty Lisburn. Uh-huh. How would I pronounce that? Centre of the universe. How would I pronounce that if I was posh? Like, uh, Lisburn. <laughs> have you got a wee Lisburn? Uh, it sounds cool. But that, I that's know, just the way I talk. That's why I talk so posh. I know. <laughs> you've got a beautiful, well-trained posh accent. Yeah, so, but I'm, move, work, I'm working on it. I'm and you on. moved to Lisburn at the age of what age? Tell the people out there. Oh, I think I only spent about uh, eight months in, in uh, England and arrived in... Uh, in January 1985. 85. Yeah. Actually, I was talking to my mom about it the other day and she was saying just, you know, arriving here in the in the cold and moving into the granny's house for a while before the first house got sorted, the house where we grew up, you know, and, and uh, yeah, that and was where I started life. I'm a blow-in, you know, but... Well, <laughs> you, you, you were there and, and then, so your first, because you are a producer, a songwriter, uh a crew manager, a tour manager, you're many, many different things with many coats, many disguises. But way back when uh, <coughs> you first got introduced to music, was it like uh, at a youth club or like a like a, a gathering in a hall or how did yeah, that come about for going, you? Going right back, it would be it would be my man and dad playing mostly my dad playing Beatles and the Eagles and 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 he was in the prog as well. So we'd have got a bit of Yes and a bit of Jethro Tull in there. And Deadly. then when my ma was out of the house, he would slip a bit of Black Sabbath on and say, "Listen to that." And then the Led Zeppelin. And then from from there, just you know, no musicians in in, in the family, but uh, that was definitely planting the seed at a at an early age, you know. And you felt and, uh, it from an early oh, age, big time. Yeah, I remember being like smaller than the hearth, you know, and and falling in love with. Uh, Hocus Pocus by Focus. Hocus Pocus yeah. by Focus. <laughs> have you got a wee, has it got a wee line from it there? Can you no, give us... Uh, 
Oh, det er Lynch. Det var Tjern, ja, ja. Lynch og Tjern. There you are, I know that song, but I didn't know the name of it, but that's brilliant. I think that's the way everybody has a tune, Steve. So, but your first time behind drums, was that like at a gallery? Oh, it was, it was actually, yeah. So, well, I suppose, in the in the in the boys brigade growing up, you know, so uh, I did a little bit of side drum, so uh, marching drum, but then um, wouldn't have been near a drum kit, was you know, until being in a youth club one day, and the, there was uh, older guys jamming away, you know, playing Green Day Nirvana, and they went out for a break, and I said to the drummer, "Can I have a go on your kit?" and and uh, and that was it. He he went out, and I just sat behind the kit and kit, and, and just 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 play a beat, you know, and and that was. Uh, did that just was, was that, that the start of the end? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, you're still here, so it's yeah, just still yeah. going on, no. you know. And so from that, they're kicking off because uh, I read somewhere that your father then had a an old twin tip deck with a, a microphone uh-huh. and uh, something that you could record on, and something that uh, I mean, I remember way back, you know, the way you would record the mic to the tip deck, go yeah, take yeah. it off and go again and I suppose it's your first form of multi-tracking. Oh, it's, big, your first, time, it's your first yeah, introduction yeah. to recording and that's very important because even the old tip decks of old, you just hit record and play and where you go, hit them hits out and you just sung yeah. into the tip deck. I'm so, so, I'm so glad that that, that old uh, hi-fi was part of my, my uh, growing up and sort of, you know, starting guitar and drums at the same time and then realising, right, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll play. You could, you could record one bit on side A, play the drums for two minutes and then stick that tape into side B and then record record again and it would overdub it you know in, in a way but and the quality got worse and worse as you went along but like to, to, you know but it was a learning process back, oh, it was a learning process to, to, be j- to be jamming with yourself as a kid you're, you're realizing there's a tune that's a song you know and then I was drawing out the the album cover on the tape deck and making my own little <laughs> label up you know, the, you know what'd you call year. your own wee label oh, what, what was it called, what was yeah. it called? Uh, frog records or something frog records. Right? <laughs> <laughs> should we reincarnate frog records yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but see, even with having that then, I suppose that would have been your first introduction to like a form of songwriting, a form of learning oh, totally, to put, yeah, put yeah. beats and, and uh, um, you know, tracking them all together. And, and that was a natural progression of a tip in them days, just eating away and dying away and dying away and dying away. But uh-huh. you got the process. Oh, yeah. And, and the expression, you know, getting to, you know, and... and, and, and playing a riff over the beat that you put down then you know you could sing sing your heart out and sing whatever you know you were feeling at that time you whatever you're feeling producer. when you're 12 you know uh, <laughs> you were, I suppose you're saying there like looking at your father's album collection and looking and thinking how did they do that but I suppose you know now where that is and how that's done but then it was the adventure of trying to get something tracked down yeah, this yeah. is mine this is your that would have been your first introduction to doing your own original content and to yeah, you time, it was yeah. deadly what did oh, it mean? Absolutely, yeah. You yeah. Know, it's it's at the end. As I said, I'm so glad that you know. I think it's amazing the technology people have now, and everyone has GarageBand in their pocket or in their yeah. laptop, and that's class. But I'm just like super glad that that just where I was born and just the the, the thing that I could get my hands on at that time you know was this old karaoke machine just just have just got the tail end of that analog tape world and what yeah. that sort of meant and capturing a full take and like yeah. not being able to quantize everything and everything's too, uh, too much in time here there's a wee bit of noise in the background yeah, yeah, like, oh my god everybody get out the tablets <laughs> yeah. to get us all down what has happened yeah. here oh mike 
there's a hiss in the background. Yeah. Get rid of the hiss. <laughs> now yeah. everyone's trying to get the hiss back in. Pl- pl- the hiss plug in. Get more. It needs more uh, hiss. Yeah. <laughs> well, well. I suppose in them days it was real to real. I know about it myself. And uh-huh. uh, I suppose you had, as a as a band or an artist going on in them days, you had to rehearse because it was important to get it right. Yeah. And yeah. I suppose that taught you that time was valuable. And uh, so then. After that there, you moved to, is it Serg or Serg and Banger, or how is that pronounced? Well, yeah, after leaving school um, uh, and playing in a few bands in school, just yeah. just uh, left and worked in a few crappy jobs, furniture shop, and, and then uh, and then for t- for BT in a call centre for, for a year. Hello, I'm was, Mike. Yeah. Would you like <laughs> the greatest deal ever? Would you give us a wee, was, a wee voice a, there? Would you give hello, us a wee... Hello, it's Mike Smith. Can hello, I speak Mike to the Smith. account hello. Holder, please? Hello, I'm here. I'm here, Mike. Here I am. Like, hi, ha- hello, Mrs. McGarrity, she's in here. Glasgow, you need 1571 uh, because. 157. How long have you been taking my glasses on? Because you're not busy enough, you need to hear the last 10 messages. <laughs> uh, how did that go? Did you, I would say you're a good enough seller at it. Do you oh, know man, what I mean? Yeah, well, do you know, no, no, I was terrible at, uh, at, at lying to people and make, making uh, people who'd never turned on a computer trying to make them buy broadband. That was, yeah. Uh, and then, especially maybe selling it to people that actually at that time hadn't even broadband in their area. No, people didn't know. People, I was working with people who didn't know how to say digital they're all like have you heard of this digital you know it's all coming <laughs> in this, you know? <laughs> so no, anyway that was a good a good uh, um, inspiration to, to to not work for for uh, a multinational yeah, yeah, yeah and and get the hell out of there and go and study what I really wanted to do which was uh, learn how to produce and play music so I went up to Bangor College and and uh, that sort of shaped the next sort of 12 plus years of my life because there's where I met the boys in Mojo. And right, so for the people out there <coughs> that uh, aren't aware of, of the, the formation of Mojo Fury, uh-huh. so you were in, uh, this is right, uh, you were in the, the college and like any good uh, rock and roll place um, that's out there, it's all about collaboration, uh-huh. it's all about meeting all our instrument, you know, instrument players, yeah, yeah. singers and, and, and getting together, so was there like there was an assessment or something that you had to do, and you had got together with uh, Kieran, uh, Kieran and James? Yeah, well, no, I think uh, Kieran and I were in the same class, so we we were put into a, a tech band, and I think, funny enough, Charlene Haggerty was playing the tambourine, and and uh, <laughs> we covered the Beatles tune as well. So, uh, well, what what about Beatles tune was it? Oh, it was, I think it was Help, you know. Oh, uh, Help! Yeah, uh, well, fair play. Murdered it, like ah, you know. Look, look, <laughs> Charlene is in there now working, and uh, she has been for years, like yeah, uh, yeah. in the music industry. Like and so, yourself, yeah, it's funny. And, and and Jeff Robinson was there too. And that in that year, you know, we all only stayed a year, and then everyone went off. And, and it's just funny now, you know, people, few people still working full time in the industry. Jeff's you know. out there with a yeah. PR company. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. And yeah. uh, as I say, and he knows how to plug for people. He knows how to get mm-hmm. them out there. Yeah. And he's doing a great job. He's at working it. with Amy as well. It's great. Brilliant, so, brilliant. Yeah. So yeah. and that shows you that uh, <clears throat> once probably you never think when. It's like any of them courses, not everybody's going to go the rock and roll route. Some people are going to go down, I suppose, the digital route or the production route. And some people are going to go into television and radio. And some yeah, people yeah. are going to go out mm-hmm. on the stage and keep it going. And some people just maybe learn for what it is. And, and there could be PR, whatever you say. So it, I suppose it sort of opens up that whole uh, industry of the music industry uh-huh. and how large it is and how many different people. But from your uh, course you're showing now that there's people now right out the front of it and credit, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, big time, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Charlene's a manager uh, as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, So you got together then. So met the lads, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, so the, for the people out there, they were Mojo Kieran and Mojo 
Maggie. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Jimbo. And Jimbo. Jimbo. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Kieran McGreevy, James Little, uh, Mike Marmika, the formation of Mojo Fury. Yeah. So, uh, in, the, in the tech, uh, when you uh, started playing together, uh, like, obviously, everybody at, at, that would go into a course like that, they've either been in all their bands or they've done a wee bit, but you seem to click right away because you said about the minutes that we were together, uh, I can go right back to 2004 whenever the first, uh, uh-huh. got your first uh, demo. But so how did it go from there in the tech? Did you just get together, start practicing and then doing like... Yeah, get, I think uh, Kieran and James were all ready, you know, sort of uh, school friends and playing a bit together. And then uh, Kieran and I, within a few jams, I just knew that we had something together, you know, um, and just, just that formula. And, you know, I was on drums, he was on bass. And I suppose at that age, you know, as well, or, or anywhere in your musical journey, whenever you play with someone and, and you know that, 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 that formula and connections there, whether yeah. bass and drums or, or you're a songwriter, you're writing yeah. with someone, something just clicked, It's like being in a room with people in general. You oh, feel I, it, yeah, you know, there's, yeah, a, there's yeah, a thing just, and, and you just know... Well, it's just not, right. Uh, yeah. and, it, and it worked for you. And so it clicked then and so your styles then, you would all been coming from different styles, obviously, of music. I know uh, James and Kieran isn't here to speak, but uh, do you want to tell a wee bit of their background and then how actually your sound is Mojo Fury? came out of it you know yeah, what I mean but I mean big time yeah I mean I mean you know James big big Radiohead fan and, and, and Ronnie you know and uh, I mean that's just a one thing also like they're into everything too you know but yeah. I mean back then I suppose you know you had your favourite band and maybe I yeah. listened to loads of Nine Inch Nails and, yeah. and Ronnie might have been listening to Marlon Manson and Placebo and James bought yeah. a bit of Radiohead and then so there was just a bit of that, that grungy there was a cocktail stuff. mix of cool oh, music yeah yeah, yeah just, just yeah. good yeah just good sort of alternative yeah. bands and yeah, then sort yeah. of we just had our <clears throat> that that's what came out our, our own sort of mixture of yeah and um, your first demo then uh where did you record your first demo with like shooting for eleven was on it and so and yeah, like so, that. yeah, that, that, that didn't that's, appear again after that. No, did no, it didn't. No, uh, no. I suppose that, that, that that's funny that 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 uh, that's sort of connected to your, your, yourself because I think uh, a friend of mine at the time, Varn, was working with uh, Jody Gavin that's doing right, CD that's duplication, right, that's right. and it You're was right. probably Jody was the uh, connection with you. But uh, well, Jody would have been. Uh, you know, would always been sending music down uh, from, I suppose, that he would have been, you know, duplicating mm-hmm. maybe or, yeah. or bands from up around the, the you know, from Anna, Oma and all. Uh-huh. You know, I suppose ends where people maybe wouldn't have known we were even on to yeah, play yeah. at the festival or anything, you know, so it was good. And, he, and then it arrived, so you, did you, you didn't record it? Jody mastered no, 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 it. No, was, it was through uh, those lads, sorry, that that uh, that we heard about Neil Calderwood, this this magic man in Middle Earth that could, uh, <laughs> that was the only place to go to for rock, you know, and right enough. So so it was, uh, we had no money, and uh, but Varn, you know, I think he'd heard some stuff and he's like, right, I'll pay. So we went up and he paid for a day or two and, uh, and, uh, and it was a lot of money too, you know, 150 quid a day or something. Yeah. So he was like, well, flip right, okay, well, you know, we better make this count. So we went oh, well, up Farn with three had, tunes. a great belief in you. Oh, know, he was, yeah, good yeah, yeah, totally, yeah, and, yeah. And, and he's totally there, uh, a, good, yeah. a good person, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably still owe him that money, by the way. You can cut that bit out. Uh, no, it's all right. <laughs> I can hear in my ears from Barn, forgiveness. Yeah. He's, very, he's very calm with the world now, so he uh, has. Yeah. So I'd say just yeah. go... It means nothing. It's yeah, the past. Yeah. You know, let us do this together, Mike. Let's do this wee thing together because it is nothing but the past, Bart. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's brilliant. And so yeah. because I remember the 
the demo uh, coming through and uh, like uh, and then you come down and you, you play the G session and uh, as a three piece units were brutal as in deadly band you know uh-huh. and people uh, at that time I suppose what I suppose it made it different uh, at that time was um, everything was sort of concentrated uh, for us anyway we've seen it as a lot of gigs maybe in the cities so for us, the G sessions was always Mickey about, as you know, getting bands from maybe like yourself to actually travel from Lisburn and yeah, Cashier yeah. Number Nine and all the different bands and Fighting a Wire and, and the Faro and all, you know, all great bands to come into. I don't uh, even know uh, Derry existed probably by the time, you know, at the they, early uh, Mojo days. So coming up to Drapers, <laughs> what I just, I, we're going to Drapers. Uh, what's Drapers? Uh, I must check know? my history. <laughs> I must check out my history book, you know. Uh, uh, but did, uh, I suppose. <clears throat> You arrived in, in, in D-Town and then that's, I suppose, where for us at the time, we, uh, for us, the extension was the G-Sessions, as you know, of the festival and it was a good place for people to come and play. Had you had the first festival by that stage too? Because we, we came and played 2004, but you had the first yeah. one in, in what, the year three, before? Yeah, 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 three, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, the Undertones headlined it, they just uh, got back and uh, Paul McLoon was singing with them and uh, uh, it was... Uh, it was deadly, like mm-hmm. uh, in case of fire, Class, it would have been yeah. a, a element at the time. Yeah, uh, just before you know, just before they became in case mm-hmm. of fire, and then before they were signed, and the, I mean, their music, as you know, is just deadly. The sound of it, and mm-hmm. the, but at that time, I suppose um, they could have been ahead of the game, like like you know, like yourselves. It's all these things were going on. There wasn't much of an industry as such. There was people out there helping people on, like yourselves, and people were getting people together in vans and traveling them up. But for us, it sort of connected this other scene and then all of a sudden you had uh, as you know you had a scene happening in Oma <coughs> and then Straban mm-hmm. and so there, there might have all been sort of wee bars but for, for us uh, and uh, Ryan Lagan that ran the cellar at the time it was deadly because you could there were, there were deadly nights and there was a great uh, atmosphere and people wanted mm-hmm. to be here in bands you know and I think uh, that was an important thing and it's even more prevalent now you hear mm-hmm. people wanting so much to see performances again and want to see people playing yeah, and, and, everything, time, yeah. and yeah, everything that goes with it because I suppose in them days there would have been more uh, <clears throat> as we chatted uh you know, before about more, it was all about the posters and where you could get them up. And, yeah, well, that's and, you even know. around that time. I think there was like something called NI Music or something. It was a, it yeah. was like a zine, you know, like a, like a small magazine thing, and that's where you maybe would have advertised your band or seen gigs advertised. And even early Mojo, uh, you know, the forum on the forum, sorry, on, on the website was a very primitive thing. I think even. You know that was very early MySpace days, so it was. It was yeah. all post putting up posters. Yeah, and, and, uh, yeah, because it was a different way of building a fan base. Oh yeah, and you were time, sometimes yeah. you were going into the unknown uh, in a sense because you were coming somewhere and you you know you were coming with your music and didn't it might have been the first time there. Uh-huh. But I think for us, there was there, at that time there was there was a sort of I suppose a special amount of people that wanted to see new music and and it sort of backed it up that when they went to university they were going to gigs there and they were seeing more bands and then it backed it up that spread it itself out and it would have creates a scene in itself but it's yeah. very important as you know that them venues are there you know and that they're still there after mm-hmm. this yeah, yeah. that uh, artists at certain levels can get into and play again you know <clears throat> in whatever shape or form that is so we got the first album, as I say, uh, shoot for a living. <laughs> uh, we can go off and start singing it, but it's a deadly song. Check it out. Is it up there still? Uh, the th- it's maybe lurking around the net somewhere. And, Who knows? And I, ca- yeah. I, couldn't, I, had, I had the CD downstairs uh, and I didn't bring it up, so I'm not even able to acknowledge the other two songs. There was three songs on the 
demo, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, there was yeah, Oh My Soul and Violent and Lovely, yeah. So. You are that, Violent uh, and Lovely. It's <laughs> lovely, lovely and Lovely. And uh, So you went from there, uh, Mikey, and uh, you went out, because I know, as you said, we met away back then, and it was, uh, I suppose, a time when we were the only uh, festival out there, I suppose, in a green oh, field yeah. set up. I mean, yeah, even, even you know, the, the the word festival maybe had been, you know, previous years been down to like oxygen, something, some of these big things, but nothing like that in the north. So for, for this thing to be uh, this, uh, our, an hour's journey up to this magical place called Draperstown where we were going to play a festival. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, I remember arriving up there with the car rammed full of gear, ham sandwiches and a, and a bag of magic mushrooms and that was it. <laughs> that was it, you know. <laughs> and there's me just yeah. thinking, you're just drinking water the whole time. Uh-huh. I, I knew there was sort of searching for my face one time what was happening there. <laughs> you know, and, uh, but I suppose... Look and and from that there at that time too you'd have been uh, you'd have been out supporting bands like and so watching from afar and and fighting a war in Lafaro there was a good camaraderie among all you know uh, all yeah, the yeah. bands that were playing yeah. and, well that was yeah so that was still very early sort of that, I suppose that that sort of scene of, of your fighting Mawars, uh Lafaros that was that was still that was just I think kicking off then which would have you know ran for the next kind of ten years of that real rock oriented thing and you know in the north and where we all went up the mountain every year and did that for 10 years and it was just you know yeah crazy you know but now it's a completely different uh there was a lull for a while and now we're, we're back up in yeah. a completely new yeah. area of of music and sound and artists and different stuff that's it and you didn't you <coughs> notice that more than any that whole uh shift in style and, uh-huh. and, oh, yeah. and form and yeah. and what you're allowed to do and, and what you can do and what is right to do is just do it now rather uh-huh. than thinking any of that there shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and what kind of process then would you sort of yourself put to writing a song? You know, for people out there, you know, that may be listening. I suppose I'm, I'm uh, uh, about, you know, not, not a stone throw off being 20 years into kind of computer-based music. You know, I was 16 whenever... You know, the family got this first kind of dial computer and got the, the Reason software, you know, and Sony Vegas and this stuff. So, I mean, even from then, it was all, you know, went from the karaoke machine to, to uh, then being able to listen to like uh, drum and bass beats or play with samples and play, you know, different things. So, so you know, that would that's always influenced how I would write, you know, I would hear, hear a drum beat or hear a loop and, and then maybe write a song around that, you know, and... Even just this week, you know, Amy, Amy and I are working on a new tune here and uh, it, it came just from me just hearing this loop and a new sample pack, just, just a beat, just a groove. And it just this song just leapt out of the out of the beat and just grabbed the acoustic guitar and <laughs> like boom there it is and it's a beautiful well I think it's a beautiful song underway you know yeah and, you know, yeah and it just came from yeah yeah one of those ones just landed you know but uh, otherwise you know still love sitting at the piano writing that way too you know rather than. Yeah, well, that more organic kind of songwriting way too, where it's not about the production; it's just about sort of yeah. Yeah, and just remembering back, just um, back to the festival. You, uh, you were a great band of I sort of. I'm a man that sometimes freak people with er- errands to do at uh-huh. short notice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, those still always say, "Oh, you can give a person a bit of notice," you know. And I'm sure everybody at our side there is going, "I know exactly what that means." So, for you. Um, uh, you, you, you when way back uh, uh, two two thousand six I think uh, when Neil Fallon was to come. That's right. Yeah, uh, from Clutch. Yeah. Uh, from Clutch, uh, his first uh, 
uh, ever uh, unplugged acoustic uh, uh, gig and uh, it was absolutely it was, how, did, how did that happen by the well, way it was in my head to ask oh uh, yeah well um, <laughs> weird stuff happens right so Paul Clegg who's a uh, as you know is a tour yeah, yeah. manager uh, so and Paul at that time would have been out with different bands uh, um and Clutch being uh, one of them, and I, th- I think you, you mentioned Placebo earlier on, yeah. they may have been, uh, or may not, I think that was right too. And uh, so then, um, Paul's from here, as you know, mm-hmm. and a uh, uh, country man, and then, so then, he chatted to me about it, and, and uh, I thought like, you know, geez, uh, at that stage, there was no way we could afford Clutch, because they were hammering down oh, loads yeah, yeah. of crowds, and now yeah. they're a band that, can, as you know, can go out on the road and they play a certain size of, of a venue and pack it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I thought, well, well, he put this idea forward, and uh, obviously I don't know, him and Neil were looking into what was going on, and Neil liked the sound of the whole, what it was about, about new music, as you know, and local bands, and that whole camaraderie between artists and people, and mm-hmm. attendees, and uh, food <coughs> vendors, and just everybody that as you know was on the site. It was all about good times and supporting each other, mm-hmm. and uh, so that was fine, uh, I suppose. Then it came to he was to come over and he was to play at the main festival. Uh, and uh, as I say, for all those people out there, you're going to be proof now to this uh, that uh, there was uh, like an air intervention, you know. And uh, you, you, you guy asked you guys, do you travel to Dublin? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, he was flying in, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah and b- b- but because of uh, because of turbulence at the other side, he uh, couldn't come in. Uh-huh. So that was something like, you know, all of a sudden you're all cooked up and then you had certain types of, uh, you know, real hard-end clutch fans, you know, we were, and then you have to explain he's not coming, and then people thinking, oh, he's never going to come at all, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, so I suppose even I kind of thought that, but... True to his, uh, true to who he is as a, a musician and a and an individual and a, as a person, uh, he didn't make it through the turbulence into yourselves. But Ryan Lagan uh, from the cellar, he went then the next day after you guys waited probably forever, thinking as Paddy actually booked Neil Fallon at all. Which, which, just to take you back there, so Paddy had asked uh, uh, Kieran from Mojo and, I, and myself <laughs> to uh, drive down to Dublin and pick up this rock star from Clutch. And we were like, no way, the guy from Clutch is playing the festival. I was like, yeah, of course we'll go and pick him up, you know. So standing with his name written on a bit of paper in Dublin Airport and uh, to no avail, you know. <laughs> so I don't know how, I can't remember how long we waited, but I'm saying it was long enough. But, uh, uh, and, uh, but the thing was, I think it, uh, for us, and uh, for I suppose the festival, it was all—it was just mental that uh, you know we, I was excited as any, and uh-huh. uh, and then I suppose the next thing, best thing was he fulfilled his uh, contract and uh, he uh, landed over with his wife, as uh-huh. you know, in the cellar the next day, uh, which uh, you were there. I yeah, think yeah. I have photos here, maybe even being that day. Uh, I'll show you one in a minute. And uh, <coughs> so out of that, there, uh, what the people should know out there was. Um, not only did I ask you to go to Dublin, but then I decided you're going to support this man the next day uh-huh. <laughs> with, <laughs> with uh, uh, no warning at all, uh, um, no sort of, make this might happen, dead on party, we'll get ready for it. But I think I just threw it on you and uh, the night before then we knew it was coming, uh, you stayed up in our house uh, yourself, uh, uh, Kieran and... Uh, James and uh, 
Graham Smith. Graham Smith, yeah. yeah. And yeah. there is. Uh, it's funny. I've only I've only one photo of of Mojo up in the studio, and it's it's from your living room, from from us from that night, you know. But that's yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. That's up so, in the studio, yeah. It shall be going out to good people, <laughs> but we can see it, can we? Uh, that one there. And it's well, class. No, I wanted to ask the question then was uh, because I think going back to then, you hadn't played guitar before. Or uh, not I mean, you had played, played guitar, but you hadn't played. No, no, I'd played guitar in the background, you know, growing up still, but not in the band, no more. It was uh, just a three piece band with me singing and drumming from necessity, I suppose, with just, you know. Well, Jimbo sang a bit whenever he had to, you know, but you had to Aye. sort of book him to get him to sing, you know. And <laughs> so that would have been your first uh, acoustic gig as well then, with, um, yeah, out there. Yeah. And, uh, but I know uh, there was other photos taken that night from Graham, but they've never seen the light of day. Yeah, and they're probably amazing because Graham's you know, crazy good and photographer, uh, yeah. So, uh, but, so then you got that there sorted out and then... Came along your first album, mm -hmm. uh, which has totally bemused me at the minute, the name. Uh, oh, Visiting Hours of a Travelling Circus. You got your first yeah. album, <laughs> Visiting Hours of a Travelling Circus. I took my glasses off there, Mike, and I just wished it clean away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> visiting Hours of a Travelling Circus. So for the people out there, that was your first album. You had played a lot of, uh, like as I say, gigs and stuff. Like you definitely had done that. You had done the groundwork and even... Uh, between that, you uh, you know, you'd played in the north and a lot of gigs in the south and the Dublin venues that mattered, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, big time. And yeah. Limerick and all round. And uh, you'd done all them tours. And uh, and like, you'd have been out, I suppose, uh, with Sandax as well and me and fans mm -hmm. I got there. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so then the opportunities were coming up. Uh, but the likes of them gigs then and, and them days, Mike, did you sort of put them together yourself or was there somebody, did you come across an agent at that time to look well, out for the band? I suppose we were just... You know, you know, hitting up the promoters, you know, and the likes of Joe Dugan and, and, you know, people and just kind of whenever those gigs came along. And even that's how the likes of uh, supporting Biffy Claro in the Spring and Airbreak and Belfast came along, you know, and they were on their third album, you know, and and uh, they were packed rooms. Oh, yeah. And big, I've seen you in them yeah, rooms. Yeah, yeah. And, and you blasted them, you yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah. and the same thing, the bigger stages. So but then when you were sort of uh, when the album came out, was it then you got together and done like uh, your first kind of, as in, you know, there's one thing going on a boat and going and doing a gig and then coming over again. Mm -hmm. And then there's another thing, putting the line of gigs together and uh, all over the UK. And uh, I think you'd done London and Camden and uh, Birmingham and uh, Rock okay. City and Nottingham and all. Was that the time to to back up the album release? Aye, well, well you know, it, as you were saying there, we were doing, doing a bunch of shows and it wasn't until Rocky, uh, Rocky O'Reilly, you know, came to us and said, right, stop faffing around, come on, I'll record your album. So went down to him and in the middle of doing the album and sitting on the rough mixes and then uh, Kieran was uh, starting to send those out to different labels and then, it, you know, getting... Uh, Northern music there over in Leeds getting back to us and saying, "No, nah, we love your love the love the record." And they came over and seen us playing Belfast, and and um, and then and then that was it. I suppose we we had the management and and tied in with their own label, you know. So so, you know, and then through that contact, starting tour in the UK, you know. Up until then, it was you know finding it hard yeah. to sort of get get out of Northern Ireland, yeah, you know. And yeah, that, you know, even getting over to London for one show was like whoa. Uh, you were kind of trapped in that sort of circle all the time yeah, just going yeah, around yeah, yeah. yeah and I suppose having that sort of showing I suppose out there for other artists listening to this from your own <coughs> career and background and stuff is that it's probably you need a team 
to sort of work oh, big time, uh, yeah. and and I suppose even now you need it like I suppose it's all digital and it's all you we talked earlier all about MySpace like it just went into mm. the blood area it just became you know and now I suppose there's different ways of people getting their music out so when you, you need to be playing in front of people because it's easy to be I think in, in, in Ireland you know particularly in the north a, a, a big fish in a small pond you know you know if, if you're in a band and you're doing well and you think you're doing well but then whenever you if you if you really want to do it and you, you know think about the world you know once you leave these shores you're 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 a, a needle in a haystack and that's yeah. the, the, the importance yeah. of going and, and turning and playing in front of as many people and winning overheads one by one and and you know and that's yeah. And, and which of course involves a, a team of people one hopefully being a good agent or a so back in them days then so the first album was all done with Rocky mm-hmm. he, but did that show you then I suppose then as someone that uh, uh, of, that set up Mulbank Studios that all of a sudden you were the songwriter musician and people should also know that you started in the drums in uh, Mojo Fury mm-hmm. yeah. and then uh, the, I remember the, la- the last gig and I think it was the, the spring and air break is that right uh, you was all in the white yeah in the Mandela I think yeah. Mandela yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, it was a deadly show uh-huh. uh, one of them shows you kind of think right this is only beginning again and then whoosh, that was it it was yeah. all over but it was a brilliant show yeah, yeah. And was it recorded and filmed and uh, bits, bits and pieces I know, I know one but that was filmed where the fella jumped on stage and then decided to leap off and he face planted the, 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 the barrier you know oh no oh no jam sandwich the, the, the whole gig oh. stopped because this fella's head was oh. hanging off I, just he thought, lived, he lived. I thought that was just a sort of a sign interruption oh, there you go now, now that just thinking that I'm trying to imagine that moment yeah I was up in yeah. the right hand corner side you know, you lifted you sort of up a wee bit of height and you could look down it was deadly <laughs> well there you are I was just looking here there's another picture here uh, with you and uh, uh, the Mojo guys uh, oh uh, yeah that's, uh, it's a, that's it's an a, interesting one there it's a, yeah. it's a, <laughs> is, is it a like a, well, what actually this is I think James is actually resuscitating me in that one I, that I, like I think that too many mushrooms uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or else he's jealous he wants you to throw them up back yeah. in the back and, uh, so that's the back that's the back of the cellar for uh, and and there's one there at the back of the cellar too. I think, I wonder, was that um, at the time of Red Organ Serpent Sound? Yeah, Wally? I maybe, yeah. Oh, who's, that in the, who's that in the middle? That's, is that not Wally? No, 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 don't, I don't think it is. No, I think it is. I don't know, no one knows what Wally looks like without a hat on, it could be like, but no, I've never seen him without a hat. Well, for the know? people out there, <laughs> we'll pull out a wee message for this dude here. Yeah. He's just appeared. Yeah. Frank, <laughs> frankly, he's just appeared in our yeah. picture. Could be a dude from Lisbon called Michael Beckett, but could be Wally. Could well, be, I don't know. Yeah, let's try and. Well, yeah. we, well, we call, well, yeah. well, are, we, are we confident? <laughs> There's bound to be an app for that. Uh, you know, just so, hold it uh, up. Would you just put the power of your hand over it there? No, it's disappeared. Hold on there. Uh, 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 there he is. Just send yeah, hey, Take a wee look out. Ooh. And just when doing that there, just when doing that there, uh, 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 do you know there, you were doing there way back uh, online, like a certain type of uh, Gorian chant. It was like a... You know, oh, the old... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, the old uh, Mongolian throat singing. Mongolian yeah. throat singing. So, um, and then, uh, I know, how did... Uh, could, just for people out there, right? Because... There's all these types, of, you know. <laughs> there's all these types, Mikey. There's all these types of people out there, you know, and, and teach people how to sing and hit notes and this and all. I see and all that there. So for people out there uh, that <clears throat> just needs to know, so a guy comes from Derby, he hits Lisburn, right, and uh, he, he puts together Mojo Fury uh-huh. and he rock and rolls, right, and then whew, just like a divine 
intervention, Mongolian singing. But I know that you there was a band, is it uh, through or throw true. or yes, true <laughs> or true, <laughs> true, yes. So so I I play in an outfit called True, and uh, which is made up of. Uh, um, Donald Kearney and Zach Troughton. Uh, Zach also plays in Amy's live band, but um, um, the lads. Oh, it's not the guitar. That's the guitar. Yeah, the guitar yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, Zach. So the lads, yeah. the lads would would have played in uh, would have started off in Anuna, the, the sort of contemporary Irish choir. You know, the dip dip in and out of you know, the like Celtic sort of style yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, and then sort of chants and, and, and chanting yeah, and, yeah. and you know beautiful stuff. But um, they would, they would have done a bit of the old like. <laughs> I give it a go there for the people out there. Give it, give it. <laughs> you can't do it when you're get You can't do it when you're smiling because the Mongolians are like. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Don't look at me. Mikey, Mikey. Just show the, show the people out there. Put your foot in the right hand side and show them what's there. Wah wah pedal, right? Just, well, uh, well, you can't. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> like an old banger engine dress turn up in the morning you know we had to put something on go, heat up heat up heat up heat up uh, so and so, uh, but you um, uh, sang along with the, the two guys, right? Yes, yeah, so, so, yeah, yeah. And, so, uh, so. and so that was something and I did hear a video and it, it's, it's that sort of you know because um, I remember uh, Here Come the Land of Gentry went down to I think it was Port Rush the wee dome place uh-huh, uh-huh. famous tourist place I just forgot to mention you know uh-huh. the famous tourist place it's like a, a church or something you go in it's out the end of the beach and you go on it and it's yeah, yeah. because it's big big sound so I know they chanted and it was like the way you were laid out was something like that there were you in an old room oh, or something I think you're thinking about the, there's a video online of True where we got to visit the uh, Sark which is one of the, the Channel Islands off uh, just off Guernsey yeah. there and it was there, there was a, a Nazi underground hospital and uh, we got to go into the, the hospital and sing in uh, traditional um, Sark sort of or, 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 or Guernsey language you know um and, and they had they had their was, own sort of like yeah their own sort of dialect and, yeah, and, yeah, and, 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 don't, and what, don't what would it be term. like would it be like sort of like like you know the Irish language or like any other I mean, European language yeah, or is I mean, it sort of a mixture suppose of it would sound like a bit of Welsh and, and, Welsh, Ga- yeah. and Gaelic sort of yeah. in there but uh, Donald put a melody to this old text and, and, and it was uh, yeah sort of a, a Guernsey folk song you know and, 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 and so we put our put our spin on it but get to do it, got to do it in, in this underground hospital this bunker thing and it the looked deadly because it, it looked deadly yeah, and yeah. I wasn't sure you know where it was actually at and uh, that's, that's, that's well I think uh, that's up online isn't it yeah yeah it is and yeah. I think maybe you should uh, we'll, we'll shout out uh, you know when we just uh, hashtag the Mongolian throat voice up the, hashtag up the Mongolians and definitely check out True <laughs> if you're listening to this there's, <laughs> True there's or True tr- or True TV TRU with a fada. TRU with a fada. There's going to be a brilliant record. A lot record of people out. that don't know what a fada is out there. Just I t- well, I might have a Protestant. Don't ask me. It's just some uh, wee slanty bit above <laughs> to you. Like I, I only, I'm only. We well, don't have to be picking at me w- here. You w- don't have to go down this route now. I'm only just uh, learning this fada business. You know the lads around and saying, "Why are you sticking that?" Over? It takes me about half an hour to find it. And the fucking you hit alt hold control hit hold, uh, hold number nine, and then uh, if you hit the U, you might get it if you're lucky. If your keyboard's set up right. Uh, you know, do you need bodybuilder uh, fingers to do it? Uh-huh. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, yeah, you know, like we mostly yeah. fingers. Either that or just a good IT hip. No, no. So, yeah, tr- true, true record's going to be out next year, and it's uh, it's it's beautiful. And Have I, you, I, are you 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 recorded them? Yeah, so 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 I've recorded it. Yeah, but and it's a mixture of original stuff and then some traditional songs, but all done with like, 
you know, nice, nice, interesting percussion, electric guitars, beautiful harmonies. So some songs people people would know, like Clannad's Dulaman. I don't know if you know yeah, that beautiful yeah, track yeah. You know, and all this stuff. But yeah. um, just nice to hear it done in a bit of a more sort of uh, maybe indie approach, you know. And yeah, no, no, it's good. It's cracker, yeah. So the first album came out. We were then on to the second album that you produced yourselves that had more loops and more uh, beats. That's and, right, uh, yeah. As so I say, by we're living in the farm, yeah. And so. Yeah, is that, what the, that was the first Millbank, the... the you, the unions recorded the album yourselves, yeah. And but it was a brilliant <clears throat> album as well. And mm-hmm. uh, the two albums, people should go out and listen if there's a chance. If you can throw out where they can find them, because they should listen to them because they're absolutely deadly. And mm-hmm. the second yes, album yeah. where you had more expansion on vocals, uh, loops, and do you that you know for me the second album. If people were listening to this, well, we were talking about from the start when you talked about the twin tip deck. Uh, this was like the Rolls Royce Anton of doing it yourself, putting yeah. the album together. And I know uh, uh, James was with you on. Uh, oh uh, yeah, and, Jimbo and, and I produced the whole thing, and uh, you know, it's it's it's. I suppose it's a double-edged sword. Of you, you do something yourself. You, you, there's there's something nice whenever you're in the studio and maybe the clock's ticking and and pressure makes diamonds and you only you know you do what needs done and maybe you've got limited tracks and and you know but but getting to you know whenever there's no one driving the ship is such you know us sort of go mad in the farm for god knows however long it was a year longer making the second record and and you know but that you know it's cool too it's a learning curve and it was there's some great stuff and they're not that i wouldn't say it's a very consistent sort of there's there's a whole bunch of stuff oh, no, going you, on, you oh, know, yeah, but no, there's but some you, great moments that oh, relate to the first record. Yeah, and definitely, and 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 the whole and and giving <coughs> yourself your your vocal, you nearly found your vocal, you know uh-huh. that, and that's what I say made that where it was and how it sounded, and yeah, yeah. So I think people should definitely get in and find them. Find uh, as I say for me, um, the second album. Uh, what the expansion of all where you were at from the start to shouldn't we live in the first demo second uh, first album to second album was a great progression and then you moved from the Mojo camp mm-hmm. with, to Millbank which you recorded many different artists uh, uh, one of them will get in in a minute uh-huh. uh, so you then uh, came along in there you were the boss for a start you ran the studio you owned the studio you had to manage the studio, you had to book a band, you had to do everything. And uh, so how was that for you coming into all that? Fuck yeah, amazing. But by that stage, having been in and out of studios with Mojo and, and been in and out of, you know, musical scenarios on, on, on both ends, doing a little bit of sort of recording for people in production, but, but, but then, you know, wanting to take it a bit more seriously by that stage and then knowing what it's like on both sides of the glass you know how, how whenever you're a band what way do you, do you want to be treated and mm-hmm. do you want the Steve Albini thing where do you want me just to hit record or do you want me to help you write the song do you want me to shake a mad tambourine do you want me to put a mad beat with it or do you want to hear it with a synth do you, do you know what a synth is let me introduce you to synths you know yeah, and all this crazy yeah. stuff so just like um, you know I mean I, I loved having people come into the studio around that period and, and sort of then being able to luckily go full time you know and do the studio and yeah, and then it, even recording it, the, the, the Bonnevilles a, and stuff back yeah, then that's coming what I say, and, the Bonnevilles you have, you have, and you have, a, you have a great list of people that come in and yeah. even there's a local girl uh, Kathleen uh, Nicholson you then uh, yeah just and, finished Kate, Kate Nicholson's record it's class and, yeah. and um, I know you and Amy uh, helped her along with it which is yeah, brilliant big uh, time, and yeah. like as I say so then you put out your first solo album, uh, Lo-Fi. 
Yeah. For the people out there. Yeah. It's just in my hand. Uh-huh. Uh, how did the cover come about? I, was, uh, I don't uh, want to say, is that, there, a, is that a, like a duck? Uh, there was a duck called uh, Abdul, duck? he's an Indian runner duck, yeah. Uh, uh, was was he, was, uh, is, is he an Olympian? Uh, yeah, I think I think he was, but he, he, yeah. M- Mojo was about to go on tour and we had this duck living on the farm, so we went over to the next door neighbours here. <laughs> Mate, would you look after that duck? We'll just be away for two weeks. And it was about two years later and it's still driving past your man go fuck I wonder if he's still got that duck just never got round <laughs> and then it just time went by and it was just too long so it got weird you know so it got too long to go back and ask back for the duck back because yeah. maybe maybe the duck had, you know got friends with his chickens or, or maybe the duck might have died do you think the duck went away do you think a duck could partner it up you think anything can happen in this aye, world you know I, I know. think anything you can think of aye. I think and duck can disco, happen, and and duck disco in the <laughs> pond there put all your lights on hey wank wank and do a little disco hey come on Mikey get the one over there wank 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 like a wee symphony so and then Mongolian singers you could get them all around the pond and just sing and they would get all come to you so did you go to the farmer then and did you kidnap the duck no 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 so let people know that there was no kidnapping here no there's no 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 so whatever happened Abdul you know he probably lived out his days with the neighbour can I ask why you called him Abdul because he was an Indian runner duck that's like you know Jemima's puddle ducks along this is a genuine that's an Indian runner duck so I was right he was an Olympian Oh uh, yeah, we <laughs> yeah. could do DM bits on the red ones. Well, you wouldn't be going too fast with uh, DMs. No, uh, no. so deadly. So and so then, uh, <laughs> so, so it came out. How long did it take you then? I know that we we're chatting, and you're saying that your second album is about to come out. Have you working on that? I know Aye, you're busy. So, yeah, that was my sort of you know during living on the farm, kind of uh, in between the mojo making making my own music, which you know to, to not having to answer to anybody about what way things would be and. You know, being inspired from the amount of people I was working with, so there, you know, and uh, the likes of you know, Pat Dam Smith and Malone. Yeah. So there's some songwriter stuff yeah. going in there. But then you know, at the same end, I'm getting inspired from working with the Bonnevilles and, and Joshua Andy's Burns like, and people like that. Yeah, people yeah. like that. You and, know, like, and, and Pat Dam Smith and, and yeah. as you say the, all these uh, individuals now and and Melodian, uh have all released many albums oh, you know yeah. what I mean and, uh, and credit to you because and, and, yeah. they're attracted because they know as you said earlier on you said an important thing you know it from both sides mm-hmm. from the actual uh, musician's point of view going in and like yeah. even like this here you know you're, you're sitting and you're talking or whatever it is and you're going to perform after you and Amy but I think at this stage I will just say a massive thing oh a one wee thing I left out for the people out there we didn't last long the business didn't last long but the skinny Malinky, the Malinky Linky clothes line. I it, believe there's a there's a garment or two out there that you can that are worth millions now. Just you <laughs> for people out there wondering, there's a few shirts. I'm missing a few shirts. Sk- skinny Malinky dot com. Just a few yeah. t- few shirts went touring. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so uh, if, if people want to check it out, <laughs> the, uh, if, if there is out there good people listening, which uh, I know there will be, Mikey, uh, that the contact you about that because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know that I was there at the start and then it disappeared uh, down in the middle of it but look it's been brilliant out friend chatting to you uh-huh. again and yes. I know you're going to sit now and uh, we're going to ask Amy in uh, she's going to come running through one of them air, I think yeah. in a minute <laughs> and it's all going to be edited as cool as you like and uh, so thanks very much for speaking to me uh, yeah. you know, credit and uh, it's brilliant that you're still in among it all and your uh, new studio just so people out there I know you moved from Millbank, uh, <coughs> which was uh, in a farm. Uh, so you're now uh, moved to a new studio, just up in Hillsborough now. So just uh, just outside Belfast, and um, 
it's where Amy and I have spent our lockdown. So uh, living in the in, in the rafters in the loft, but um, we're based up there at the minute. But no, no, it's given me time to build the studio, and and, and, and it's awesome. So it's a great space. Uh, same same as this place. It's just got a vibe. It's a nice create nice creative space, you know. So um, yeah, we we hope to have many happy years and make lots of amazing music there. Brilliant. And it's gonna be class. And well, just for people out there, you know, there could be young musicians listening or whatever, or people in general that. Uh, maybe you're looking for a studio that uh, uh, how do they get you like as a sense yourself as a producer uh, for your studio or is it up there yet or are you just uh, waiting to put it out there yeah, I know yeah, people heard it really officially launched it as, as such but it's on Google and stuff three song studios you know but uh you know, whenever whenever we get onto a bit of a better better uh, path here, you know, with the pandemic, we'll we'll do a nice launch and you know play some music and have people people in and give it a good uh, uh, cups of soup and bowls of soup and yeah, all. All the scones you could eat. Scones. Yeah. We had actually scones earlier on. I should have brought them up and we could present nope. them to each other. Well, well, I it's funny you should mention that because maybe we can we can do it when when uh, Amy's here. But oh my god, this you know. This you know This is a survival kit for you here. So. It's a survival kit. Uh-huh. Should I wait to open it later when we're finished? Or do you think I just... Oh, no, well, you open it now and then... Open and then it now, like... Maybe the, when... So yeah. Nathan, I'm all right to get up here, lad. Because it's like... Oh, no, you can open it Open it there. So don't, no one's going to leap out. I feel like James Bond here, Nathan. What about a wee Mongolian? What about a wee? What about a wee Mongolian <laughs> chant? <laughs> That's a good sign for the opening uh, box. Slowly, slowly, easy. Take oh, oh, smoking Cassandra. Look, right. So the good people out there. Oh, <laughs> we have got it all. Do you know what? I feel like you know. Uh, you know. We cannot allow picnics in the minute, don't think. I think we like it all. No, that's way. why it's in a black box. Right. It's, it's so, only. <laughs> so, would you like to help me call out? We've got the the squirty cream. We've got the <laughs> squirty cream. Uh, we've we've got the four deadly scones. Cherry, yeah, cherry. Uh, what would your favourite scone be? Oh, like? cherry, hands down, fresh. There's a wee bakery in the village in Hillsborough does a good cherry scone. Nice, uh, just perfect moisture. Do you want to plug them? Do you want to plug them? Do you want to plug them? Plug them. Adair's in. Bakery in Hillsborough, folks, get get down. Get down, and they're scones. Yeah. Well, Adair's Bakery in Hillsborough. If me and Mikey come in. Uh, this will be left in and if we were supplied with free scones free scones sound good and you and Amy should get a free scone cruise in at half four the scones are 20p so it's half four scones are 20p (laughs) and (laughs) deadly jam Uh, and you have a holy shit you can fucking knife it knife butter oh my god I'm getting emotional you you can set them up and then and dish them out if there's only one person allowed to touch the box but it's not the usual scones those aren't the dares that it's hard to get the good stuff at the minute because all you know, there's a, the lockdown and that. There's, dead, there's two deadlies in the white one. That's two planes just because Amy's a bit weird with the cherries still. You uh, know. No, I'm a plane scorner too. Working her way up. It sounds good. Well, you know, <laughs> um, I would love to pull out a big Secret Service box and you know offer you something, but I have a scone downstairs and maybe someone before that. That's why yeah. I didn't take your scone because I didn't want to. I wanted to wait and present you with those scones. Oh, uh, I tell you what. That but is now, later on, we're going to have a big scone off. Well, we'll have a scone off. It'll be like some big, big WWF scone off. Who's on tonight? World champion, Mikey. So we're going to welcome <clears throat> Amy in now, Mikey. And so thank you very much. Class. They're in my ear. They're throwing breadcrumbs at me in the background. <laughs> I can pick it up, you know. And uh, so thank you very much. I'll give you a wee round of applause. Mm-hmm. Amy is going to come around the corner. <laughs> you know that those stars in your eyes? Tom Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so just before for the break here, magically, when I say magically, uh, it was like, 
wee cluck. We were just talking and then, ping, Amy just landed. You're welcome. And thank you for coming along. But just before we start, in the background earlier on, when you're having a wee break yourself in the scone, I also have scones for you guys. So I'm going to present them over to your Lovely. side. Of the, I, I can't do the Mongolian chant, but if uh, you want to take me over with that. <laughs> so the scones just landed on the other side there if you wonder what all the strange noises were uh, <laughs> so we are but here and are, yeah, you, are yeah. you going to get that uh, cream out there are we squirt are we squirt do you know what I just wrote him out here <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> Nathan, the whole thing's a wee kip can have here but it's alright I'll open up the jungle book here uh, here we go look at uh, that uh, icing yeah. and everything fancy draper's town scone Oh, what's that? Speaking to me, Mikey, speaking to me. So, what do you need, what do you need over your side? Uh, a, a, a bit of squirty cream. Here you are, sir. And lots of jam. I won't touch the top, you touch the top. Here we go. This is better than getting you out of here, isn't it? Uh-huh. I, I thought I was here to talk about music. And <laughs> I'm somehow in the middle of, like, a full um, cooking show. You you just work away there. You prepare and I'll chat to Amy. How's that sound? Uh, so I don't know if I can concentrate while he's <laughs> putting jam on a scone. No, but I, anyway, I'll give it a go. Could I say that uh, your own scones look as deadly as them oh. scones? So Amy, Amy Montgomery. Hello. Uh, songwriter uh, extraordinaire. Uh, voice some uh, read recently and some of your uh, press stuff. Um, a, f a force of nature uh, mm. is what you are and uh, I've seen you perform uh, down in the when we were doing the sessions downstairs oh you yeah, and Mikey, yeah, yeah yeah and, uh, and it was brilliant and from that there you have uh, from a young age you always wanted to sing mm -hmm. yeah and uh, so when you're in your young days would you have been singing around like uh local halls or competitions or uh, would have been something that your like your mommy would have driven you to or, or yeah, your yeah 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 how that, did that all go for you when you were younger so i started i'm sorry i'm just gonna have to build a wall here sorry. and uh it's, you should be able to not look at like michael i just just squirt uh, a bit of cream on so you <laughs> <laughs> just a bit of cream on that it all looks well this oh, is the start of the rest uh, of your life Amy Montgomery yeah. just just for people out there Mike that uh, may not be watching the visual end of this you know what actually is happening <laughs> is uh, we've opened up your box and there was cream in it and uh -huh. jam and scones and now you're presenting to me uh, jam cream and scones uh, and you also have a scone from me there that you're going to go up open and yeah. I, I'm making my way go, over here. I'm making my way over social distance bang <laughs> I had to eat 40 spiders and two snakes and a lizard <laughs> lizard back juice to get that there and I have to share it for 20 contestants yeah. so uh, here we are I'm trying to make room and all and uh, our guitar shape so Amy sorry it all went a wee bit away from you there <laughs> but we're back to you now so mm. on your young days so singing at what type of concerts and things and so I I got into singing when I was really young maybe seven or eight um, and from the age of eight, I 
took part in all these mad singing competitions. Um, Would you have been in any choirs or any school choirs? No, I was never much of a choir girl, more like just get up on stage and blast that backing track, Uh, you know. What kind of tunes were you doing then? Like, what uh, what were your tunes? I was actually telling the guys last night, we had a band practice last night, I was telling them about uh, one singing competition that I was singing Hey Soul Sister by Train. You know that song? Hey Soul Sister. (laughs) 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 Yeah, and and uh, actually during that singing competition, I decided, I decided, you know, in myself before, before I did this competition, I was like, this is the big one. I am going to get a hat. I'm going to wear a hat for yeah. the singing competition. And not only am I going to wear the hat, but I am going to flip that hat up my arm when the words come out. Hey, soul sister. You had it, Neil. Oh, yeah. Did you practice enough? Oh, I practiced yeah. that. Yeah. Was it a wee brush you practiced uh, Yeah, yeah. There's actually, you know what? There's actually a photo of me in, I th- I think it's the Lisbon Star or something, you know. Oh, the from local paper. I, the local paper from when I was about nine or ten years old. And there, no, I'm, I'm not joking. There is a photo of me with a hairbrush in my hand. There you go. And Class. this hat I wear in my hand. Brilliant, brilliant. So, uh, but, um, so then you would so you, also done busking and stuff. Was that in around Lisburn or? Yeah, are, are yeah. Are you originally from around I'm Lisburn? from Lisburn, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, it, it started with the singing competitions and then that uh, slowly evolved into being inspired by my dad. My dad would have played guitar in the house growing up, would have listened to a lot of, you know, I was influenced a lot by rock music growing up. What bands would it be like Black Sabbath? And yeah, like Black Sabbath and Zeppelin and um, ACDC. Um, Any female sort of? Uh, Susie Quattro and uh, who else? Uh, like bands like Sabbath, there's a clear difference between Susie and yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. Like, you know, war pigs and things like that. Uh-huh, there. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but you would have been listening then to essentially uh, rock singers, mm. you seen Led Zeppelin yeah, no, as well. definitely, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. And, and your father that was playing that in the background, and obviously, you were observing that, not even thinking that you were at the time bouncing around with a hairbrush. Uh-huh. Which was the first hairbrush rock and roll song that you done uh, in the house? Uh, that's a, I don't know. Um, I would imagine one ACDC song, like I even remember being again, like nine years old, running around the house, going into town with my ACDC top on and just thinking that I was just class, you know, nine years old wearing an ACDC top. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Like, rock and roll, rock and roll. And Daisy for uh, also yet again, uh, you had Bond Scott and your Brian Johnson, uh-huh. uh, and uh, then you have all the arguments saying, "Oh, blah blah blah, I was better and blah blah." But there were two deadly vocalists. Yeah, uh, same with you, know, Ozzy, uh, Robert Plant, mm. who has taken his voice from full on rock and roll uh, till a place now where it's and his band's a cool uh, band. I've seen him uh, a few years back. Actually, went over the time I went with the Woodburn and Savages, Mikey over to mm-hmm. the BBC introducing mm-hmm. uh, his band was playing there, and it was totally amazing mm-hmm. from. Uh, taking some of the rock and roll songs of Zeppelin in the past and then taking them and, and having a real cool band and, and acoustifying it and all, probably like on a holy gospel band type of effect mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but as I say, uh, that's someone that uh, I know that you were to play at the 
Deer, uh, Black Deer, uh, Black Festival Deer Festival in Kent. And I know that Robert uh, Plant was the headline it, is that right? Yeah, and Robert Plant was, he- was meant to headline it and we were going to be playing the same day as him, playing on the same stage. How deadly is that? One I know. you're listening to Ramble On next month. I know. You're going to ramble to the man himself about the song. <laughs> class, How deadly is that? Class. How do you know plan? Oh, uh, I, what's, I, what's I'm we, not joking. I didn't <laughs> Tell me the wee like guy. Tell the world the wee like out there. When Tell I, the good people. <laughs> <laughs> when I found out the Robert Plant was playing Black Deer Festival and I was going to not only be playing the same bill as Robert Plant but playing the same stage as him on the same day. Uh, I think I cried that night, didn't I? Uh, I actually cried uh, with did, happiness. And, and, and Rock sp- tears. And <laughs> <laughs> You're lying and the mattress like that's you in your fingers. But, you know, that's that must be amazing. And for someone like yourself, so young, like, and that's a really massive thing. Like, you can't, not many people can say that they sat with their parents. I know there is people that sat with their parents and obviously listened to certain tunes that mm-hmm. inspired them or mm-hmm. would have been, they've been growing up around. Uh, like yourself, Mikey, with the intervention of your father and his music and all deadly stuff uh, but so you then uh, for the likes of uh, you uh, you came then you met uh, I suppose you had done your uh, school and you had done that sort of competition type thing at that place and you had done the busking uh, did you find that the busking because uh, uh, people will hear later on you've got a very powerful voice uh, and uh, did you feel the busking and doing all their tunes were sort of trying to train yourself to where I need to be as a singer and maybe sometimes in the first demo we can give our, our life into that song or, or you know what I mean by that Mikey and then all of a sudden we approach um, what is a first release or something and all of a sudden there's a different angle the same powerful uh, individuals there but like a different tone and using the first tone as the tone to lift to when, when needed because mm. I've seen your good sales uh, at uh, uh uh, Stand Hall, you're playing the Henry McCullough stage. Yeah, mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I was saying uh, you broke into. I'm not, was Chan, do you make? Was it wasn't it Janis Joplin? Oh, uh, we finished with uh, Peace of My Heart. Didn't yeah, we, we yeah, finished yeah. that because <laughs> yeah. why? Why did oh, we do oh, that? Because well, it, it, uh, it was the 50 year anniversary from Woodstock, so yeah. we thought at yeah. a festival just blast that tune out for a wee nod of the head, you know. So, ah, right, so Zach Troughton, yourself, Mike, and uh-huh. Amy uh, were the band then, and uh, but. No, it was deadly. I actually had it on my R phone and uh, you can, uh, it's surprising what a classic song and uh, what, when you sing it out to people, how many actually know what mm. it is, you know, and it doesn't matter of age uh, or any of that. Yeah. Uh, as artists, you know that a good tune's a good tune and it's mm. got everlasting grasp to people. That was deadly. And and, uh, and the whole set, uh, as I say, I suppose, like anything, um, you're then getting used to playing stages. The Deer uh, Festival would have been a bigger stage, obviously, mm. and uh, rightly so. And and that's probably where you'll be going as you go along the next phase. Mm-hmm. And for yourself, uh, Amy, when you when you were going to do your first demo, had you uh, the songs uh, written at home, sort of thing, and then sort of uh, brought them to to Mikey? Uh, or how did you did you know about Mickey and Lisburn this guru of master of all <laughs> the zen master he could just zen himself out and zen himself in it's like a, it's like a sort of a quantum leap you know because uh, Mickey has quantum leaped into many different parts of the whole industry and uh, for someone then like yourself to come along and meet someone like Mickey it nearly sort of what he knows already is amazing. Did yeah. you find that or how did you sort of link up in the sense of recording or did you know about Millbank? Yeah, yeah. So um, 
being both from Lisburn, I mean, Michael being based in Lisburn, me being from Lisburn, I mean, there aren't that many people playing music regardless of age um, in in the burn, you know. Uh, um, so the, I suppose is it, is that, it that, something that needs to pick up a bit? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah it does. <laughs> I mean, there there are there are musicians there, but uh, I could definitely do with some more, you know. Um, but yeah, that that was sort of one little link. Another link was um, Michael went to school with my sister, um, so that way I I knew who he was. Um, I can't actually remember. Um, the, like the first song that we started to record. I think you just sent me a few uh, voice memos of Dangerous, didn't you? And then we, yeah. We, and I was like, whenever he made sent me a couple of rough, really, really rough tracks, I was like, holy shit, we got to record this. And then, yeah, got her into the studio. And yeah, and at that point, I'd never, I'd never even stepped foot into a studio, so I had no uh, idea. You, you weren't used to coming into a place where everything you were in a room and you were sort of it was all new to you and. The, where do you stand at the mic and all them things yeah can, all those yeah. things but more so what I mean more so is is where you can take the bones of a song that you have that is just a, an acoustic song really with vocals and, and acoustic guitar in my case and then somehow it gets transformed into this huge like sonic experience and you're listening I actually remember the one one sentence I said to, to Michael when we recorded Dangerous I think it was Dangerous and I I said wow that's this is exactly the way I imagine song to sound and you know that's just not something that you can capture just with a vocal and an acoustic guitar but it's probably what I hear in my head yeah, you know, I heard yeah. when I, in my head when yeah, I was playing yeah, it you know yeah and then that was your first introduction as opposed to Tracking as such and building mm. the song and you know and getting it all together. Yeah. Um, so your musical your, your music for people out there that aren't aware of you um, that may be listening, um, it's got very powerful messages. Uh, um, you know, for someone so young, you want to get uh, um, um, with you've said it yourself uh, with the death of your mother. Um, that uh, was a great inspiration to you, like any mm-hmm. mother would be to people and uh, their kin. And you found inside the tunes that you wanted to give a message out to people and uh, uh, on your new EP. Uh, and it's very powerful, uh, I'd say that myself. And uh, how did that feel for you? Because I know you've written about it and that uh, to find yourself, because I've seen you live and uh, as I said to, to Mikey, uh, you capture the crowd. You're totally into it, like that man there uh, himself. Uh, you get into this mode and you give it all, uh, and you want to tell people that uh, it's all right to, you know, to mm. reach out and 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 have friends and have friendships. Uh, so, how for you did that all feel writing that EP? You know, for, for yourself. Uh, well, first of all, I think the realization in. Um, when anybody experiences something traumatic in their lives, I think something that's not so commonly talked about, especially here, is how actually powerful and transforming that can be for someone. I mean, positively transforming. Um, of course, like everything, there's negative um, aspects yeah. of it as well. But um, it can be a really, really transforming thing if you allow it to be. And ever since the passing of my mom, I... I can't describe it, but my perspective on everything, on life, on um, connections with people, on conversations, hearing other people's stories and their lives and um, what they've experienced, all of it changed. And yeah, you're not alone. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and then ever since then, like then you put that into music, and of course, like this um, healing process begins. Yeah. It, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. we'll and we'll carry on and we'll carry yeah. on my whole life probably. You know. Yeah. Um. But suddenly, when you inject that into music and especially into performing, which is where I feel very comfortable, you know, yeah. on stage, yeah. giving up yeah. my all. Yeah. Um. Once you sort of mix that realization with the output of performance and just sort of like letting yourself go you know as you said you know yeah. I just I lay it all yeah. down when I'm on yeah. stage yeah, and you certainly do and yeah that's a good thing I mean and, and that's a sign of a powerful front person um like yourself and like Mikey would have been in the mojo and, and Paul Connolly that type of uh, mm, you know Paul's and, the, great. and the message yeah. that you, and you're you know, tell that message and they keep telling that message because mm. uh, I think it uh, for young people out there now it's great for someone like yourself uh, as a role model out being a songwriter leading a band uh, and uh, getting out to festivals at, at such a young age like uh, you also played Australia mm-hmm. and uh, um, then that's where the producer came out for your your uh, EP is that mm-hmm. right uh, and uh, so how was that experience and how did that come about like you know was it just like a, a phantom in the night a phone call remember we were on there make it but this phone uh, call was yeah, yeah. No, just, just, uh, it kind of was like that yeah we we were actually on tour when I got the message I think maybe we were driving through Germany or something well, so, do you mean Australia Black Day or yeah, yeah yeah Um. or no sorry we were driving I can't remember. Oh no, yeah, we were driving from Black Deer Festival last year. Um, <coughs> I perhaps going across to Europe on tour. Um, and William Crichton, this Australian artist, had heard us playing from across the the festival field. He, he was trying uh, to come over because he heard Amy's voice from across the field the way you do at a festival. But he, he just yeah, did he pay under it? He just missed it. He just missed it. Did he pay under it? No, no, he was playing. He was playing. Oh yeah, fully the artist. Jeez, I'm liking that there. I'll go with the head. Yeah. Well, we go now, Isabella. Well, have yeah. a go now. I'll get unfree. I thought, you know, I was like, this is really strange. Sorry. Yeah, he was, he was yeah. sat in Australia and just heard me playing <laughs> in England. Going. <laughs> um, so he heard us and, uh, and he made his way across the festival field, missed the gig and we, I didn't even meet him, but it was only until we were in the car um, driving in the in the bus, driving to the next uh, the next festival or whatever it was. I just got a message on social media of all the places to get this kind of message. He sent me a message asking if I would ever want to come over and support him in Australia. That's brilliant. And of course, like I'm, we're all sitting in the tour bus going, that kind of sounds a bit mad, uh, you know. I don't, uh, you know, you yeah, don't know. Yeah, well, it's so it's like, 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 like scones or jam on the lips with no scones. Sort of uh, you're yeah, yeah, you yeah. sure at this stage <laughs> if this is the real deal. Yeah. If this guy actually lives in maybe some strange place down yeah, yeah. outside somewhere in Northern Ireland yes, yes, or yes, anywhere. That's exactly uh, what I felt like. Uh, and I, 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 again, because I hadn't played that far away before, yeah. probably as well. Um, and lo and behold, yeah, that that happened. And um, the guys over in Australia were great to us at Dashville Festival. They yeah. um, planned a whole itinerary for us. Um, and it was it was awesome. Like, yeah. And is that something now like uh, that you would think about going back out again as a as a band? And uh, we've, we've yeah, started to build a nice yeah. connection over there, and we're running some press on the Intangible EP down there, and sort of uh, run, running uh, the UK and and and, and Oz kind of yeah. working those markets for the EP. So That's it's brilliant. Cool. Yeah, yeah, and we've also um, just signed a <clears throat> source uh, publishing as well, and. Um, 
Rob from Source Publishing is based in Australia as well. So we're kind of like making these little ties, you know. I know, and you know what? I've got a story. I've, oh, I should have worn my T-shirt. I've got a story. Uh, we were in Australia and uh, the woman, wasn't she the first, she discovered ACDC basically. Yeah, she worked for Albert a few times. So oh, Albert Records, yeah. 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 And so Albert Productions too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's a lovely woman. Her name's FIFA Riccobono. Amazing name. And and uh, she is friends with my my management and my management worked quite closely with her and worked with ACDC for a while as well. Um, so my manager had set up a lunch, you know, like for us to meet FIFA Riccobono. FIFA took us out for lunch. And, just you know, name like out there. You just said, hello, I'm Riccobono. Like, yeah. She went fast here or she's just a big Aussie, you know? She, she's really Aussie. Oh, like, yeah, uh, she's like... a real Aussie and she was lovely. And, you know, she was just telling us about her experiences with ACDC, you know, she was Brilliant. quite close to the guy. Guys, wasn't she? And but it shows you that it's a small world. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, yeah. You build that and the small eat- but massive. It's thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's certainly linked. It'll be perfect. Uh, but so uh, the, the EP's out now and, and mm-hmm. it's going well and you have a few dates planned you know the Working Man's Club in Dublin and you have yep. different dates in the UK. Uh, as uh, so I know with the, at the minute it's about plan and then shoot forward the plan and then try and wait to the plans interrupted again and then the yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. How many plans can we have, Mikey? Yeah. Amy, how many plans do you think we need to have? Just for the people out there know, I've got everything ready. Next thing, the plan. Well, yeah. I mean, our show in Ulster Sports Club in Belfast has now been rescheduled, what, twice or three times. Mm. And so it's now like a year after what it was supposed to be, uh, which is crazy, you know, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's all you can do. You can just keep planning. I mean, if you didn't plan, what would you be doing, I know, you know? I know, Well, look, I, I tell you this, it's brilliant. As long as Brexit doesn't um, push the price of floor up too much, then we can keep, <laughs> keep, we can keep the scones coming and keep everything will be okay. Look... <laughs> All, all we need and 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 the cream and the <laughs> cream <laughs> and uh, and the scones to fulfil it. But what we'll do now is, uh, Amy, that is absolutely brilliant. Thank you for coming in. You're welcome. And, uh, Thank you very much. I'll say whenever I know that you're planning to be writing an album and stuff like that, there and certainly uh, before you know you maybe just go and shoot away into the sky on us. You're welcome back to do a, a podcast again because you're a great guest, you and Mikey, to chat about it if you want to. If you're not all toured out here Nigel where are we going next next year uh, London Mike 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 where are we going next Mike Brighton 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 you know so uh, we didn't bring any scarves didn't we not Mikey no uh, just I had a scarf there and we were going to do something with it uh, but now now we don't know what happened oh you watching your magic bought, bag of tricks I bought a lovely oh. I got this magic magic hat look at that uh, unbelievable isn't it? <laughs> Some other things. I just say that hat looks absolutely dead. Isn't it beautiful? Oh my god! Here we get oh, it on there. The, get the it on there. Oh, it's actually you a see, kid's, the reason, the re- kid's size. So the reason the, the reason the goat came because remember I was telling you over the since bones. the first time Mojo since we met since since the festival since uh, it was five hundred and uh, five thousand nine hundred and sixty nine days since we Mojo first played the the second Glasgowbury and then if but five hundred and uh, that. Five thousand. A lot of miles. Nine. No, five thousand nine hundred and sixty-nine. <laughs> right. If if you that in in meters in miles is three point five miles, and if you take all the hair of a goat, it and line it up, it's three point five miles. So that's 
Can I just say, yeah. for anyone out there trying to learn maths, that is a perfect explanation for me and I understand it completely. And I think it's deadly. So if you have any problems with counting, strip the goat, strip them down. Yeah, yeah. If you ever want to get a maths class from Michael Morica, yeah. you can expect a, a yeah. mask. <laughs> so look, to the tunes, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, and uh, thanks, Mikey. And thank you very much. Thank you very much. Give me the wee line, Mikey. I should still be dancing. Ready? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Give us call, honey. Ready? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm still dancing. Yeah!